0: Hi, everyone. It's Kino here. Welcome to another episode of Seek Up, the yoga inspiration show. I'm very excited to be presenting this wonderful panel discussion that was on pride at Miami Life Center at the Miami Yoga Garage, hosted by Joseph and Edgar, who are the new directors of Miami Life Center. Come take a class with everyone here. This is a super important place to support the teachers and this message. Keep an open mind, keep an open heart. Thank you as always for your support and I hope you enjoy this episode and see you real soon.
1: Welcome again to everyone. Uh, I'm Joseph and I'm one of the directors of Miami Life Center and we're going to start by each of us up here just taking a moment to introduce ourselves and to talk uh, very briefly about Um, some things that we think are important in both our personal journey to wellness and our community journey to wellness as queer people and allies. Um, So uh, I came to yoga really as a way of um, stabilizing my life. So I spent a lot of time wrapped up in some very strong uh, addictive patterns and uh, yoga really helped me uh, sidestep those patterns to recognize them and then apply some uh, changes in my life. Um, and I really think that it was a very special combination for me of 12-step recovery philosophy combined with the discipline, insight, and um, general practices of yoga that helped me really get into this idea of um, changing. And in yoga, we focus on um, a number of different limbs to help us sort of implement this program of change and healing. Um, And as I was thinking about this talk today, uh, one of these yogic aspects that was really present in my mind is this concept called satya. And satya means truthfulness, basically. Um, so I just wanted to say, as we move into this conversation today, we're going to talk a little bit, then we're going to invite you to open up and share with us if you'd like to. Um, the reason I start, start so bluntly with my story of recovery Um, is because I do think that honesty, being able to honestly share what we've been through and who we are is really pivotal to the healing process. Um, So this idea of sadhya isn't just about being honest with other people. It's about being able to be honest with ourselves and then communicate that without um, repercussion to others. Um, so this idea of sapya and truthfulness, um, it's a personal uh, process and journey and um, responsibility uh, to, to share from our hearts about what we've been through and who we are. And that's because it can help other people. You know, when we sidestep out of these things that feel like problems, that feel like pain, that feel like hurt, when we step outside of that a little bit and recognize that sharing our experience with these things could help someone else, then it becomes a really powerful tool for transformation, not only in our life, but in the life of others. So in recovery philosophy, we say uh, very clearly to the newcomers, to the person who's just starting, that to keep what you have, you have to give it away. To keep what you have, you have to give it away. So uh, that means in recovery, even if you have two days sober, you can help the person who has one day sober, right? Because you have a little more experience with it. Um, So that's the idea here today. We all have something to offer. We all have something of value to one another. And by sharing openly in this uh, idea of Satcha, then we can create um, a nice healing, safe space here in this community. So thank you all for letting me share a little bit. Uh, Who's next on our agenda? I think it's Tay. right? My <laughs> name's Tate Um I came to yoga about seriously
2: about two years ago when we had a kid. Um, it was kind of a source of peace for me, um, uh, mental like, peace with everything that was going on. And of course, with the gyms being closed, uh, this was a form of exercise for me as well. Throughout the process though, I've found a lot of healing, um, a lot of self-reflection. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away from yoga thus far, um, my experience with wellness, spirituality, I was raised Pentecostal. For anybody who knows what that's about, that can be pretty extreme. Um, women aren't allowed to cut their hair. Women are allowed to their bodies. Um, men have to wear pants. It's, it's They're the whole um, gender hierarchy or the patriarchy is very much built into that religion. And um, I was taught very early on that my sexuality or who I am is not right. Um, and I was kind of taught to hate myself. So. Um my journey with spirituality has been, to be completely upfront and honest, it's been really tough in some ways. Um, I'm still very triggered by certain things when it comes to religion. Um, When I think about what's going on right now within the government and um, them ending, you know, women's right to abortion and, and how so much of this could probably be stemming from Christianity or is stemming from Christianity. Um, in a Christian supremacist country, um, it's very triggering for me. So, these my healing journey dealing with um, kind of finding what feels right for me, what aligns with me, and uh, being open to growing as well is. Of the utmost importance, but also sharing that with others within the community and providing that space for other people to pull what they need and grow and have no judgment about it. So that's me. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Tay. Thank you. Thank you. I think from here, we'll go to Ivan. Ivan, up on the big screen.
3: Hi, Joseph. Hi, Edgar. Hi, Tay. Thank you, everyone. It's so wonderful. I'm here out in uh, Michigan, Detroit. Um, my One of my clients is launching her books this weekend. So it sold out yesterday for pre-order. So we're really excited. Um, it's going to hit bestseller. So that's our plan. It's literally just called The Power of Self-Belief. And for me, my journey of queerness and also accepting myself, I grew up in a very strict Catholic, Filipino household. So talking anything outside of what was black and white wasn't really accepted. And I love yoga and spirituality because it gives us a, I call it a universal language that allows us to really accept and honor diversity through this lens of unity. And I focus deeply in my practice of the inner child. So just coming back to when Joseph mentioned being able to access our bodies and Feel at home in our bodies and feel safe. That's what the practice of yoga really gave me. I found a level of comfort and ease, and it initially wasn't like that. It was a very difficult practice starting. My body was in shambles. I had been practicing tennis for about 16 years, so I was coming in with a lot of ankle injuries, low back injuries. So it was a physical journey at first, and I just remember all of this fight that I had in me, this angst, this suppressed anger. It was able to transform and alchemize on the mat and to actually feel stillness for the first time in my body and to really accept my body and where I am in my body. It allowed me to really create more of this self-love and powerful self-compassion that I could not find outside of myself. And I had gone through a very heavy major divorce about uh, four or five years ago, 2019. I had experienced homelessness uh, for about six to eight weeks. And um, I was actually a director in Seattle for yoga teacher trainings in about seven studios out there. So I, I saw the perfect life and the image and the illusion of that and the lens of yoga when we can experience this witness. Um, I love how Joseph, you said it's like bringing the camera out and the perspective of seeing ourselves outside. We get to begin to create choices and make choices that allow us to surround ourselves in communities where we can feel accepted and Yoga to me was the first community of acceptance that I really received. I was able to see other people and not feel judged or feel different. I felt this level of connection to just seeing each other for our love and our, our kindness. And that, that gets to go first. And when we shift out of this, I, I connected to my soulmate Solomon six months after my divorce And during COVID, built a uh, seven-figure business uh, based essentially on self-love and and compassion for ourselves. Uh, I like how RuPaul says we're all born naked and the rest is drag. And to be truly naked and to be in that space of vulnerability, it's really allowing an activation in our bodies to know that we're safe in our own homes and that We're all, I say, we're all just lost children looking for and walking each other back home. And uh, I love yoga because it gave my language of queerness in the world a space that can be universally accepted and recognized. But no matter what religion we practice, what spirituality that we're in as well, no matter what community we're in, we can all find a level of connection in the lens of yoga and spirituality. And it really taught me, Joseph, uh, Edgar, and Tan, for those watching, uh, the practice of ahimsa, of non-harmfulness, because I always had very harmful thoughts in my mind that I don't belong here. I'm so different. I I don't fit in with the boys or the girls. I was like an outsider looking in. And I was very quiet most of my life. And to have the courage and the belief and the compassion for myself to stand up allowed me to realize that true happiness, true wealth is connection and community. When we can see each other through the eyes of a child with complete innocence, with complete nakedness, and that level of vulnerability gets to be our greatest strength. That we get stat- we, we get to stand in solidarity by honoring diversity through the lens of this unity. And I found that field of unity inside of yoga. So I'm so grateful for this. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ivan. Uh, at Edgar?
4: My turn. Uh, my name is Elena. And I am originally from Guatemala. I came to the United States with Joseph three years ago. And Guatemala, it's a beautiful country. In so many ways, but it's also the boot camp for homophobia and Christianity and extreme beliefs. Where that I feel like colonialism left in our country, and unfortunately, the community in Guatemala, it's still pushed to hide themselves and not really. We're not really able to express ourselves, right and when I was growing up talking about being queer was like beyond unacceptable. Like it wasn't a time where we could really talk about that. It's still something that you cannot say openly in Guatemala. And because of that, I imagine because of the influence that maybe my parents had in that time, I was put in military school uh, since I was a kid. And, And I just feel like as part of the queer community, we, we always power through trauma, right? It feels like since we're kids, we're pushed to power through trauma. And it's, it's hard for a kid to understand that society is telling you that something is wrong with you. Like growing up with that thought in your mind since you're very little, it's very hard to process these things. And I, I believe that at least myself, I just decided that I was going to power through it. And I started to understand everything and the repercussions of what happened until I was an adult in my life. And that also pushed me to be in very dangerous situations. I was sexually abused when I was a kid. And then I ended up in a relationship that, that I was like a teenager and I was with someone that was way older than, me, like 37, and I was 16. So I feel like all of those situations were caused because I felt that I always had to hide myself. So in order to hide myself, I would like run into these situations where I felt that someone was being supported, but that also put me in a very vulnerable state. Coming to the U.S. for me was also a hard experience because there was a lot of intersection between being an immigrant from Guatemala. We were coming when, when Trump was putting Guatemalas in like cages in the border. And I was processing the fact that I could hold hands and get married with my husband, which for me wasn't even an option. It wasn't something that I ever thought that I was going to be able to do in my life. Uh, so, I had to process that. That for me was hard. Also, processing the fact that I was getting married and that I was being able to. I felt so much guilt for some reason that I was going to be able to do that. And knowing that maybe that in Guatemala, that is, that is not an option, right? Um, it, it, it has been a process, again, like getting to understand the privilege that we have here, even if they're trying to take them away, which again feels like you're running, you know, like there is this sense that you're always running and always like fighting to be considered a human being. And I feel like that's why wellness is so important for our community because we're just powering through these things and For me, at least, coming to yoga was realizing that there was a way of healing that trauma, right? Of not being a victim of the circumstances, but understanding that I was made stronger because of those experiences and that through healing practices, I maybe could hold space for people to feel that they don't have to hide. And that's why this, this... this gathering is so important because we wanted to create a space where the queer community could come and don't feel that they have to adapt to to the heteronormative spaces that we navigate all the time. And healing even inside our own community, in order to heal, we have to acknowledge that there is division even inside our own community. Like for trans folks, it's even harder to process all these things. And if you're a trans person of color, it's even harder yet. So I feel like it's very important that we acknowledge the things that are even uh, broken inside our own community in order to to be able to hold space also for people inside our own community that need, need a place to express themselves. So I believe that's why wellness is so important and sharing sharing these practices that are not always welcoming for the community either. you know, like a lot of yoga spaces, the fact that you're holding a wellness practice does not make it um, a welcoming space just because it's yoga. You have to make the efforts to make the space welcoming. So it's very important that that. Not just saying, like, oh, we welcome diversity, but taking the steps towards that and doing like palpable actions to say, come, come, I, I, can, I can be there for you. I think that's very important, at least for us. And that's also gonna make our allies understand what they have to do in order to support us better. That's my journey through yoga. I'm sorry, I get it. <laughs> Thank
1: you. And from there, we can transition to Jamal.
4: Welcome, Jamal.
5: Hi. <laughs> um, pardon my tardiness. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Jamal, also known as Porcelain. Uh, I guess I'm telling my journey speaking by Wellness. What does it bring to me? Okay. Um, well, last night was definitely amazing. And I got a simple piece to bring today that actually ties in with that. So this is divine timing. Um, Show up as yourself, Um, like show up as yourself. Each person's experience is very important. And I think that is the path forward towards liberation and holding liberated spaces. And speaking to what he was saying, where we have to speak on division, you have to confront that division um, head on, sort of like shadow work, (laughs) what people will call it. But you have to confront those ugly things um, in order to provide safe spaces and brave spaces for people to show up authentically with who they are. That whole powering through trauma and powering through, it doesn't work. Fake it till you make it doesn't work. (laughs) Um, And I always found myself doing that. My years from 14 years old to 19 years old are a blur because I was faking it till I made it. Um, I was faking Everything because of what society told me I needed to be. Oh, you need to be this, you need to be that. And everything was scripted for me, right? Everything in my life was scripted for me. And I couldn't show up for myself authentically. So I faked it. I learned how to be the best Oscar award-winning actor, <laughs> um, performer for other people's um, vision of me, perception of me. And I had no safe space but inside my body inside myself I had no safe space but in the back of my closet during high school you know and that's where I found a piece within myself that was like okay I'm not the proverbial in the closet um I'm not I'm not gonna do this from there I'm going to do with suicidal thoughts and everything. Oh, I don't want to be here. I want to die, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> I, I, I really couldn't. So my journey with wellness had to begin within my body. It started within my body. Um, started learning that your homosexual urges are not a sin unto the Lord. You know, all the things that I was, I grew up Baptist, Jehovah's Witness. Um, I was disassociated from Jehovah's Witness. My mom disowned me, um, threw me out. All, all, the, all of the, the, the sad, origories of of um, emotional trauma. I ran out into the streets. I'm an HIV 17-year thriver. That's what I say, change of language. And with that being said, I'm here at 37 years old, looking like I'm still fresh out of high school. (laughs) And and, and it it, it came with this wellness journey, with this journey within myself that was like, wait, 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 wait. Y'all are not going to, especially with what's going on, you're not going to have autonomy over my body because in my body, I am divine. In my body, I am free. And I'm going to take this everywhere. So that is my platform. I take my peace, my love, my joy, everything that is inside of me everywhere I go. Because the practice isn't just for the mat, right? The practice is to fill the spaces in which you're in. And to show, and the more you show up authentically for yourself, the more you break barriers for everybody else to show up authentically for Same. themselves as Same. well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that that that's my my little piece, my little journey um, of wellness. Um, it also carried me through corporate America. I ran a whole airline. Um, the, the one y'all hate, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> But it was when it was cute. That that was my energy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I parted ways with corporate America because it required me to not only hide parts of myself, um, but power through every day and to um, damn near kill myself for uh, in in trade for something of a benefit I was getting at the time. but I, I decided I, I can't do that anymore. The pan the panorama or whatever you want to call it, the panty, the pandemic, the pan, panini, <laughs> um taught me a lot because I had to sit again with myself again. We had nowhere to go, but outside, connected back with nature. I did a lot of grounding, a lot of meditating. And I was like, this don't make no sense, but it makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> and now I'm here with you guys in this space and I'm just I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy for this space. This is during the pa- pa- pandemic. I was like, this is this is the shit I'm talking about. <laughs> like, this is what I'm talking about. The spaces that need to be curated, and 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 the space that needs to be held with all the chaos that's going on around us. That like, there needs to be this.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, we created this space to share. Uh, this is a little bit of our story, but the idea is to create an open space where everyone can. Like share, share with us, share with the community, and and I believe like like we just mentioned, um, there is an underlying trigger with the spiritual world and the LGBTQ plus experiences that religion dictates a lot of the things that end up harming us, right? Like there's there's a lot of root. There, so our approach to spirituality is not always easy, right? It's it, it can come loaded with a lot of baggage too from our previous experiences with spiritual practices. Um, so, I to open the conversation, if anyone wants to share. It, uh, we just ask you to be mindful with the questions, you not know, questions that you can Google if you're an ally. <laughs> uh, this is really trying to be a safe space for the queer community, so um, we just want to open the space for anyone that wants to share a little bit about their stories and
6: introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Everybody, I, everybody, I hands. Hands. Oh, like the camera. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, thank you all for sharing your stories, um, giving us the courage to share ours as well. I think it's really great to see five individuals showing up authentically and speaking the truth and being completely honest with us and some of us strangers. So thank you for that. Um, this conversation I feel happens with me and my friends and colleagues often, um, The idea of intersectionality was spoken about yesterday at an event, and it's something I think about. As a Black person, um, as a gay person, as a queer person, which one am I showing up as first? Is my Black identity seen first, or is my queer identity seen first? Um, And a lot of times with spiritual spaces, with um, wellness spaces, do not always feel inclusive um, for me first as a Black person. right. It's not always seen as a space where I can come and feel welcomed or um, my identity is going to be honored. My culture is going to be honored. So for the past maybe 10 years, I've been off and on with yoga, through dance, through performing. And I've always had what I said to Tay yesterday, a love-hate relationship with it, um, mostly because of not feeling seen, not feeling it being inclusive. Uh, So I've been really trying to challenge myself in my wellness, in my spirituality, asking myself, what is it that can make me feel uh, seen, make me feel that it's beneficial? And what has really come up for me is the idea of honoring my ancestors, honoring the people before me, whether that be people that I don't know, people that I do know that have passed on, um, giving them a recognition, giving them the thanks, giving them the honor that they deserve in terms of allowing me to show up and giving me the courage to show up as myself. Uh, so yeah, that's basically it. It's really about, for me, intersectionality and really navigating that often in um, professional spaces. I work in mental health. So I got into that because I didn't see a need for especially Black queer men and Black men um, in general honoring their mental health or taking time to 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 take care of their mental health. So I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy that we're having this conversation. I think it's really important.
7: So, uh,
2: yeah. Anybody else want to see?
7: Thank you. Um, so hi, everyone. I'm Eddie. Uh, and hi. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> um, a Yogi teacher here for a long time now. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know where to start. <laughs> But um, maybe thank you for sharing your stories, you guys. That was amazing. Um, I I feel like you guys have gone through so much, Um, you know, in terms of, like, you know, navigating, like, being queer um, throughout your lives. uh, I have similar experiences in that regard. Um, Mostly internalized, like, my relationship with my family, like, you know, I kind of have that unconditional love to some extent um, where like, you know, when I came out, when I was brought out, (laughs) um, that's a long story that I can't even, (laughs) but if you want to talk later, um, when I was brought out of the closet, you know, like there was, there was like this half and half embrace of like, yeah, we still love you. You're still Eddie and like, whatever. But then all these things that are coming up for you, let's see, let's see what's real or not. Let's see what's actually there. Um, and, um, and, you know, like that's coming from people that love me, but also just had no idea, you know, like, and I had to hide a lot from them and I had to like, just like be sort of like have this shadow life, like behind their backs. Um, I wasn't very adventurous, so I didn't leave the house. I play a lot of video games, <laughs> but I met people. I did things that like, you know, like just could have just been guided better. Like if I had like people that were willing to like, listen to me and understand me and not make me feel ashamed of like, sort of. Just like my urges, like, you know, and like all these like different things that were coming up for me, um, you know, Latin background, Cuban American. Um, so a lot of similar experiences were like just maybe a little bit more open with homosexuality to some degree. Like my mom was like essentially a hag. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that would love. She had so many gay friends that she was just, I was just like, what? Like, what? what don't you understand? <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but still very, like, you know, it was, that was fine with her, with her friends, but then, like, when it came to me, she wanted something better for me, like, in a way, or just, like, kind of, like, something that, where I was, like, more protected, she's very protected, (laughs) um, and so, um, and was, like, you know, like, coming up against the experience from her ignorance, like, not knowing how I, or my capability of, like, confronting the world, um, she feared for me, and, Fear is contagious, y'all. <laughs> like, let that shit go <laughs> if you can, and whenever you can. It's hard. It's not easy, but um, but just it's definitely getting in your way, <laughs> uh, and that's been my experience of it in general. Um, okay.
8: uh, thank you.
7: <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
9: Hey, uh, well, my perspective, I guess, as an ally, or a po- hopefully, like, try to be. Good, Ali. Um, When you were bringing about the religion, it's it's so difficult because I'm born as a Catholic. Um, I admire Jesus very much as a spiritual teacher, as a human noble Christianity made out to be for him. But I think he was a a natural, awesome, pretty badass yogi, Mm -hmm. right? And then religion made it in the patriarchy, specifically the white man made it out to be like this. However, as much as a, as I try to think of myself as an open-minded person, and I live here in Miami, and as you know, it's a bubble, we're protected here because we're surrounded by our gay friends and whatever, and we think that everything is safe. But outside this little bubble, it's not like that. And I have a gay brother, and yet, as open as I might feel like I am, I've cut myself so many times with the Catholic micro ship or whatever little society micro ship that's been installed. And yeah, I'm thankful to have the awareness to notice that, but it's still to today, I'm still peeling off the layers of the onion. And I'm thinking I'll share something um, from the past with my brother. Remember, I remember this was you some 20 years ago. I was in Venezuela and I was talking to my brother. I didn't know he was gay at the time. And uh, he asked me about my job at the time in the fashion industry. And my exact words to him were, oh, yeah, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, whatever. Look at the biblical, microchip and so on. He's like, what do you mean by that? And I said, yeah, because I work with 90%, 97% of the people that I work with are gay and he stayed quiet and he put his head down and then he said and how do you feel about that and my intuition my sixth sense was like he's asking me in a different way um, and it and was always very much like a teacher with him always teaching him and I said well and I didn't know I felt like oh He felt like this is bad because I work with gay people. And at the time he was with new born again, Christians. And and they were like getting fanatic with that kind of thing. My aunt to him. This is a moment to tell him, whoa, wait, no. And I caught myself and I said, no. And I said, I think this is absolutely normal. God created us all. And I gave him a whole entire little speech that made him feel comfortable. And then I went back to New York and a few days after that, I got an email telling me, uh, I felt myself so comfortable with the conversation that we had. And I want to tell you and I want you to let you know, be the only one to know that I'm gay. And so I found at that moment, the power of how things can be shifted from the words have very powerful Influence of what my words were first as to what my words were after, right? And even today, I was having a conversation with Edgar yesterday that I can still see, you know, some things that we might say out of like, you know, it just springs out of your head or thoughts that we might have that that's still there. And so I think that it's so important to do what you're doing, first of all, because it brings awareness. And with awareness comes knowledge, and knowledge is power. And in my ignorance, I would love for you. And if there's anybody else like me, especially with like Latin background or like stay in the past with a certain traditional way, if you can elaborate, yeah, I can Google it. But it's so much nicer when like Edgar explained it yesterday about pronouns. If you can talk a little bit about that, that would greatly appreciate it from your points of view.
4: Yeah, I, I think um. Those those little uh, moments that you were feeling that uh, where Christianity is ingrained in you and you have like these urges that come out and tell you to that maybe this is not okay. Or like we experienced that too, you know, because that was that was also, at least in my experience, and I imagine if you grew up Christian too, like there the idea of sin, it's it's very heavy. It's very heavy and it dictates a lot of, of your behavior when you are developing. When you're a kid and you're starting to understand how life works and you have to calculate how to behave to give you an example, for me being in a military school and I'm like I cannot hide that I'm gay. There is no way in hell that I can hide that I'm gay, you know? And, and just having to calculate these things and who you can talk enough that you don't feel is gonna backfire if if they like take you out of the closet, like when you are not ready to come out yet. And all these like conversations you're having in the back of your mind um, happen to us as queer people times a hundred, right? Because you are like having to calculate your behavior with absolutely everyone most of the time. Um, In regards to the pronouns, I feel like maybe we can let more people share Uh, their experiences. I believe that yesterday I was having that conversation too about pronouns and I know there's a lot of questions in regards to that. I do believe that there is a lot of information out there to, to, and I'm not sure if this is the space to explain pronouns, Um, but it's basically if someone asks you to identify them in a certain way, it's like kind of what I was telling you that if I tell you my name is Juan and I want you to call me Juan and you tell me, no, your name is Edgar. And I'm like, but I want you, like I changed my name and now my name is Juan. And you are like, no, but my name, your name is Edgar. I met you at Edgar and your name is Edgar. And it's like, that's kind of what's happening with pronouns now, right? Like people are choosing their pronouns and how they want to be addressed. And there is this resistance to respecting how they want to be perceived in the world. Um, so it's as easy as asking someone their pronouns and how they tell you to address themselves. That's how you should be addressing them.
7: Yeah, I just feel um, like speaking for adding to that. Um, there's this like you know resistance to like addressing people as they want to be addressed, and this like ignorance toward like ignorance. recognizing that you want to be addressed in a certain way too.
6: Yeah.
4: And
7: you're and just because it lines up with like the way the way the rest of the world addresses other people, and like just kind of like that commonality, uh, it's okay to be confused. <laughs> it's okay to be like a little vulnerable in a moment. and just to be like no one's trying to um like that no one's trying to disarm you necessarily or or make you vulnerable in or by requesting to be like acknowledged in the way that they feel most comfortable. Um, and And also, feeling that you need to be addressed in a certain way, I feel like comes from like a lot of discomfort with what's going on around you already. Um, and that's just kind of like, I mean, I, I identify he, as he, him, but like, that's just like my instinct about it. So I don't have to like go through this necessarily. Um, but I think that's what makes the most sense to me in terms of like pronouns and like, you know, yeah. And then it's just a matter of like, it's a matter of respect. It's period. It's respect. <laughs> it is what it is in respect everyone every single person deserves it no matter who they are and how different they are and we're all very different and that's I think a point that like is important to make too because like there is sometimes like we like we veer toward like this like sameness like narrative where it's just like oh yeah no we're fine like you're you're not that gay or you're not like are you past or like this and that um I think that needs to be like sort of like taken apart and, and, and just no, we're really, really different. Every single one of us has something different to bring to the table. And that doesn't make either one of us better or worse. So, yeah. Um, Evan. Yeah, Evan. Oh, yes.
9: My, my question is like, for example, if I meet somebody, so if they if they tell me how to be addressed, obviously I will definitely... Uh, respect that, but then uh, is there like a protocol? Sh- am I supposed to ask, or unless I'm being told? I guess I, th- I think that's where the confusion uh, is because I wouldn't like to disrespect anybody, obviously. Well,
5: mean, as a person as well, I'm in the same boat too. You, weird <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I, it's, it's, it's born of that? Like I identify as male, and I, um, I identify as male. So this is identifying as trans is you transitioned into okay so we're in the same yes same boat so to speak. And I just see it as um, as first of all, if I don't know who you are, I'm going to literally go off of what you present to me. If you are showing up to me and then when you correct me, I'm just not going to take it as, oh, I made a fucking mistake. Oh, I'm not going to get down on myself. I'm just going to be like, all right, so you she. OK, all right. So she yeah. <laughs> Her over there. You know, I'm just going to keep <laughs> rolling with with it instead of beating myself up over not understanding what went on at that moment. You know, basically, you just it, just roll with it. Right. Okay. I think it, it, it isn't that serious to approach it as a life or death situation. If a person just, it's a matter of respect. Okay, boo, all right. I'm sorry. My bad. It, I mean, I think we forget that we have that 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 thing called, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my bad. I fucked up in this moment. And it's okay to fuck up in the moment and recorrect yourself and move forward. Like, don't we learn that in yoga? You fell. Okay, boom. Brush it off, Boo-hoo. all right, girl. Yeah. all right, pick yourself back up, get back up, you can do it. All right, warrior one, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that same spirit of intention, like, okay, girl, yeah, I fucked up there. All right, all right, let's move on. I think what's...
3: Yeah, I just wanted to mention, I'll, I'll talk about the pronouns as well, because I get this a lot often, very much. And it's so funny, I was traveling in Europe uh, last month, and uh, I would always get mistaken as ma'am, uh, and then they would like try and apologize, and you can see someone's face get really red, and they're like they'll apologize and they're sorry and things like this. And usually, uh, I've seen this form formalness in asking it. We'll usually say, or friends of mine will say, "What's your preferred pronouns?" And my answer usually I give is, "I transcend the binary code." of pronouns. Because as evolved beings, we're actually learning to accept each other as works of art. And I say, I'm simply like my preferred pronoun is angel. Because angels don't really have a gender. And then they start laughing and giggling. And they're like, okay, because in their mind, they're worried about saying he, she, they. But in my mind, I'm just saying, see me as I am. See me as I am a being that is here experiencing something with you. But we're recognizing together that we're all works of art. And the way that you see works of art, the way that you like to see it, if it's she for you, I'm like, perfect. If it's he for you, amazing. It's like you can make it whatever you want it to be. And so I play a lot with this. I make it a dialogue, a very playful conversation versus it feeling... And I have friends that get really offended when they're like, no, I'm like, I'll even have to correct myself <laughs> in the community. So it's quite interesting how when we can go beyond just black and white of, oh, you're male or female, we are really opening ourselves up to a spectrum of color. And I love the flag because it's literally the chakras in yoga. And it's so beautiful because it's like when we're all lit up, we All the colors of ourselves, and the first song—it's like this was my gay anthem growing up—was "Colors of the Wind" and "Pocahontas." So I'd always connect to "Colors of the Colors of the Wind," and I'd always sing that song in the background, and also reflections. And so there's always these songs I think about in terms of starting to think about. And someone mentioned the first who spoke about intersections. I call intersections of the naked space. How do we honor our ethnicity? our nationality, our roots, our culture. And I really speak out about it being much more about our ancestral triumph over our ancestral traumas. So instead of bringing a focus and a camera light to the trauma, it's saying, and and speaking out that we're put here on this planet in this lifetime to move people in a way that allows them to see that there's much more than just black and white, that there's so many colors in the rainbow. And that when we reflect that, we're shining multiple levels and layers of love where we can accept each other in our play. And I call it this innovative artist. When you're queer, you come out like 10 to 20 to 30 times in your lifetime. So we have this level of courage and confidence and bravery where we're like sticking out already. And for others to accept that, It actually edges them to start to shift their conversation and open their mind and open the flexibility of what they believed is true. And I call this default information. We usually are told information on default, but if it doesn't feel good in your body and you feel neglected and abandoned, then it's so important for us to ask ourselves what makes us feel at home and how can I create a safe space and a home also when I start a conversation. And I think of it like an invitation into our world. The more I tried to fit in other people's world, I suffered my whole life. And rather I say that when we ask about pronouns, when we ask about intersections, it's so important that we have the courage to invite people into our world so that they can experience our lens and walk in our shoes. So that's what I want to share about that.
9: For example, that kind of example that where I get a little bit of where my confusion can come in because I know you like somebody who's trans the girl at the Whole Foods market I knew her when he was a him, and just always dressed in black and all of a sudden I saw his entire transformation into a her. And it was easy for me to say, hey girl, I'm looking for this or that or whatever. Like it changed it was so natural. I didn't even think of him anymore. It's a her. But with you when I met you at the old shala, you were wearing the regular yoga clothes. You had long hair and yogis always have long hair. So it didn't matter you had the nail polish, but at the coffee place the manager that I go to, he's a he gay with nail polish color. So but then when I saw the picture yesterday of you and you were coming to talk and I love you and I was like I've always seen you with yoga clothes and so I saw your pictures dressed regular clothes and it, my first moment was like oh my god I was always referring as him it's, 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 it's her. so that like n- little nervous moment was there it's a little confusion there I appreciate that what you said about the angels uh and and what you said also if it is true in your heart and you you know you can see generally whether you're confused or made a mistake to say I'm sorry. Is this is how you prefer
2: to carry yourself. That's, that's pretty awesome. Thank you. I appreciate I think, um, it. I think so often for sorry. I think so often for um, allies who come into these spaces. The intention is to, you know, show up for us and, and want to be respectful. Um, and me personally, I'm non-binary, so I don't identify with male or female. Um, I like to also think of myself as an experience. More than anything and if you start looking at everybody in that way mm-hmm. and approaching them in that way asking how you know what are the pronouns i think there's like a fear about that from the jump and i don't think that needs you know that fear needs to be there who said get rid of the fear oh edgar My Edgar, oh, okay. Eddie. Eddie. yes i think that there's like a level of fear of just not knowing and i think if you look at everybody as an experience and move in that kind of a direction the fear kind of dissipates mm-hmm. Really quickly, though, coming back to wellness, I wanted to discuss how these little bits here and there, the pronouns, how um, sometimes in spaces of um, wellness, spirituality, we can feel unsafe. And I wanted to just ask, are there particular spaces that you've experienced personally within wellness that have made you feel unsafe? Would anybody like to share?
5: Yeah. I'll share, I guess. Um, I'm not call, calling out any specific spaces, but, um, usually showing up to those spaces, um, feels like community to everybody else, but the queer person or the black queer person, especially, mm-hmm. or the black person, I can speak to that identity as well, um, uh, in the space. it. Uh, my, one of my good friends uh, and I from Atlanta had this conversation where, um, on the mat, you feel free while you're doing your yoga. You feel amazing. You've freed yourself, you worked through whatever you've worked through. And as soon as the session is over, it's like, you feel boxed in again. Like, Oh, Oh shit. Oh, what the hell? Um, all right, and everybody's talking, mingling, feeling like community, but to you it doesn't. To you it feels, again, let me get the pack my shit and get the hell out of here. <laughs> because I don't even feel welcomed in this. I don't even feel a part of uh, this, what is going on, because everybody else has the privilege of being free within themselves, and everybody has the privilege of being free within this space, but I, uh, th- this doesn't feel like home to me. Um, that has just been my experience, to tell you the honest truth, unless it was a queer wellness program, right? Um, or I was leading the program, um, where I was like, you know, welcome to my home. But where I want everybody to be free, but I think that comes from the top down. Yes, um, I think that comes from here down. So um, I think that those who lead these spaces um, want more inclusion should include themselves in those more inclusive those those places where they want to be, want those people to be included. Um, that's my thoughts on. I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs> okay, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna piggyback you back off Okay.
2: Of that. I um. I, again, I, I recently got into yoga pretty strong during the pandemic, and once the pandemic let up, I was able to move into studio spaces. Um, and one thing that came up a lot with my last studio space was I didn't feel like I saw myself in the room. And this is something that I expressed towards the owner, the people who are running things, Um, not in a way of saying like, you need to get more people of color in the room or you need to get more queer people or whatever, but it was more so like, for me, I always feel like you can't just put a sign up. You can't just say we're all welcoming. It's like, there's a level of work that has to be done within the community to bring certain demographics into your space. I actually saw that you guys hosted a critical... Well, not a critical race. It was a... Um, it was a... a and,
1: it was a... race. It was... Oh, yes. What's the name of that talk? It's, that. it's on OnStrake too, I
2: think. Yeah, it was like holding space for that conversation about um, bringing more people of color into the room or um, creating safe spaces within yoga for people of color, how that looks, how to navigate that. And that's the kind of like efforts that we really need to see more of within wellness. And I don't really see that that often. It's always, yeah, diverse. We include everybody. But to actually see yourself in the room is such a privilege. It's such like um, it's it's something that I think a lot of people take for granted because I have had experiences where my only black friends have walked in a room of just white or or lightly brown faces, you know, um, and they've expressed to me how uncomfortable it makes them, you know? And, um, I, I really fight, I think that's why I'm also so happy to be a part of this is because we really get to do the legwork, starting with these conversations and bringing more diversity and bringing more people in and working to reach parts of Miami that, are underserved, are not really um, being touched right now with wellness, especially when it comes to queerness, blackness, brownness, whatever the case may be. Um, I think that we have a lot of amazing opportunities here with this group. Um, and I wanted to pass that off to you guys to share if you had any experiences where you felt unsafe in a wellness.
4: I just want to say that I think a lot of, there's a lot of spiritual bypassing in the community where like happiness and like togetherness and but there is not a mirror into what you were saying that like people holding the space are not living up to that right they are not sharing their space and they're not really if you talk about togetherness you have to walk the talk like you have to really move forward and do it um there's a lot of that there's in in Places like that, at least for me, feel more dangerous than places that are hostile, hostile, because you know who you're dealing with yes. when a place does not welcome you. Yeah. But when there is this veil of we welcome you, but in our terms, and like it's just like a very thin layer of, of being welcoming, right? That that can be more dangerous because it means that you enter the space of yoga in a vulnerable we're working with spirituality and people get very vulnerable in this space. You need to be able to let these feelings go in a space that you, where you are safe. And to create that safe space is like what you were saying. You have to see yourself reflected, right? You have to see that there's a community like you around you. Uh, so I believe that's, that's very common in the yoga community. And there's something we need to fight. We need to actively fight. There's also a lot of non-involvement in political matters because they're afraid of losing clients, because they're afraid of of taking a stance into... And the truth is that yoga is not... It's not separate from our daily lives. This non-attachment does not equal non-involvement. Ahimsa, which is not harming, does not equal not reacting to things it's actually not harming, it's fighting against the things that are harming others, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's something that needs to be lit. It needs to be, like, walked.
1: Well, we're just about out of time because Tay's going to be teaching and Alan are going to be teaching a vinyasa flow class in just a few minutes.
4: Just, so. there are some comments in the chat which I think we can just check.
1: That. Just oh, comments? It's been amazing. If there are any last minute thoughts that anyone wants to add, we could take a moment for them.
2: If anything, go around and just introduce ourselves. I would love to see your faces again and get to know you. Should we start? Sure. I'm James.
3: I don't know. I started doing yoga in Brazil. So for me, it's always been diverse. I never I don't know any other way to do yoga. So um, (laughs) that's that's why I love Miami. But uh, I think it's important that you do this because, particularly, what's happened in the the gay
6: world with apps is we've completely disconnected. Um, So we only connect in a sexual way through, and we need spaces that we can connect in non sexual ways. And doing
2: this, like, is a bit of Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Six. <laughs> yeah. so much
8: for, um, for bringing this to, to this yoga uh, space. I, I never do a place like that like I, I travel in a lot of places. Uh, actually, I was thinking about yoga is. This is two years ago, so different. Like, mm-hmm. did they use you know, like, yeah. yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also I want to trees, I the and places like that. Um, um, I feel like I I'm not, not internal, like, I, I don't know if that is defined like we. Um, so I was feeling like. Uh, no, no, understand that because they were just uh, like talking about like, well, you, you are a woman, you will find a man, and then I was like, I don't feel so comfortable with that definition, and they were again saying like, how do you have boyfriend? And I was like, stop, like, stop to we'll try to put that that chip on my mind, you know, because it's not. Just that it's not just woman, men, and have a hetero relationship. And then yeah, and I, I feel so happy and and safe being here, yeah, and being part of this community. Thank you so much. <laughs>
9: just thank you for providing that because you just exactly showed the illustrator the importance of that because we can just sit back but like edgar said sit back and say well but the door is open anybody can come in why they're not coming but um i if you're going to bring the awareness it takes effort you gotta make the effort and then create the action to do that and you just completely illustrated that thank you for that
8: my name is monica Um, I'm a teacher here and I just wanted to thank you guys for holding this space. And I'm really excited to see these conversations continue and just like to continue to understand as a teacher and like as a member of this community, how we can continue to create a space for everyone and like everyone. So it's like, how can we do that? And I think these conversations is like such a brilliant start. And so I'm excited to see this continue and grow and just like keep growing the community. So that everyone feels like they're part of the community because that's so important. Like that's yoga. Like that is a foundation of yoga, and yoga can't exist without that. So it's just it's so important. Thank you. Thanks.
10: Hi everyone. My name is Alan. I'm a new teacher here at the studio. I'm so happy to be part of this program and uh, part of these conversations that we're having here. I grew up in, in Argentina, and I feel I related a lot with What he said, I feel like uh, I kind of lived like in denial myself for thirty years of my life, and I feel I was kind of like I would say like homophobic myself because I didn't really understand. I didn't put myself in conversations like this, so I didn't understand Um, what I saw was like. I don't know. I feel like I couldn't be like happy or successful or anything if I. Uh, if I were gay so I feel like I put it like on the side and um, and this living in denial I wasn't really like I was barely happy I was living like depressed and when I came here to this country just me myself um I don't know I feel like I didn't have to explain myself to anyone so I I could I could just be me and I was so grateful that uh, at the very beginning and um, that I was here, I met Te. And I saw so much confidence in his being, and in his gayness, in his femininity. And it's like, oh, he's so amazing. So I like learned a lot from that. And um, Well, I'm grateful to, for him and for knowing more people like him, that, that they are authentic with themselves. And that's uh, inspired me to, to accept me more to judge me less and to embrace me more. So thank you everyone for being here. I'll talk again Um, (laughs) and open up the
6: circle a little bit since we have a new friend. Um, But yeah, no, I think as you were sharing, as everyone's been sharing, the thing that comes to mind for me is as people share their truth, their authenticity, it's like really, I don't think we realize that we hold up mirrors. other people to see themselves and to also be reflective of like what's going on with them and like maybe the stuff that's really ugly or they feel that's ugly that they don't want to address but by having this space and holding this space we really say that it's okay to maybe address those parts of ourselves and also the beautiful parts of ourselves the things that maybe we were told that is ugly but it's actually really beautiful and really great and just affirming and awesome so that's my little my little piece
11: Hi, I'm Andrea, and I'm visiting for a week. um, And uh, it's taken me a little while to get in the rhythm of Miami. Um, And um, so I'm sorry I missed the group. But I'm seeking um, a spiritual community and a spiritual yoga community. And I figure, like, I can live anywhere, so I'm just exploring where you can find a community just like this, you know. And with everything going on in the world, it's like satsang is so important and finding our tribe. And so we have kindred spirits that can nurture our truth within and a gentle nurturing environment like here to come to. Um, and just it'd be such an important part in in at least my life to, to have this. So um, and I just love the ancient teachings and um, just people that are on a spiritual path. It's just like really um, so important for me to have, to be surrounded in that. And it can be hard to find sometimes, you know. Um, so happy to be here.
12: Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, hi, <clears throat> I'm Camila. <clears throat> I, sorry, I have like my throat. I thought you all heard me like... <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, there he goes. So uh, I'm Camila. I'm from Uruguay. Uh, but I don't live in Uruguay for, I haven't lived in Uruguay for like 10 years now. Um, I used to live in Argentina. I study acting there. Uh, and when I entered to university, I feel really comfortable because it's a really queer environment. So I always uh, been in a queer environment since then. But three years ago, I started uh, traveling around the world uh, and I met Wanda. Uh, that's why I'm here, and I came here to Miami to visit her. Uh, and when I met Wanda, uh, she uh, teach me Ashtanga, so I started practicing with her. Um, and then, uh, well, I, I practiced with her, but just the two of us, for uh, a couple of months. And then I went out of this country, and I started practicing by myself, and I went to a lot of shalas. And I remember one time I called Wanda and I said like, like Wanda, I love Ashtanga, I love really how I'm feeling, and I love everything. But it's a really like
8: literal, ambient.
12: Like I don't, I don't really feel like really comfortable. Like it was like all the same bodies, all the same like images of people, and of course they were all beautiful, and I feel comfortable. But it wasn't like a lot of diversity over there. Uh, But she was just moved here to Miami and she told me like, wow, like here is the first time that I found like queer people and people with a lot of different bodies and a lot of different minds and from a lot of parts of the world. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I'm really glad that I came here just in these weeks that I can be here and listen to you all. Share your stories and like find a place that do yoga, uh, do yoga, and also have this diversity and also embrace the diversity and um, like I abrazar, like have everyone and accept everyone that is different because we all are different. So it's good that we all feel safe in the places. And also that yoga is something that it's so good. And it's so good for everyone that we are here. We love it. And it's so good for our lives. So it's really good for everyone to feel this way and everyone uh, have the opportunity to do it and feel this way, no matter what they are or they
3: feel. I just wanted to share, I, I wrote this down as well as a final note that us showing up in this space allows us to celebrate our stories of how we've transcended our traumas together. And there's such beautiful healing because instead of us bypassing those stories, we're so intimately connected to all the parts that show us how much more love, how much more beauty there even is in sadness, even in loss, even in what we feel we were ashamed of. And there's this beautiful renewal of this vow towards love an unconditional love and it's a celebration of love so I love I say more of this if you can create more of these monthly Joseph that would be fabulous and amazing and I just see total like runways or fashion shows where everyone gets to celebrate their own colors and we can like roll out mats and it can be a really fun night out for the spiritual queer community. So that would be exciting that Miami needs to have that.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Ivan. We're going to keep doing it. Don't worry.
3: Amazing. Next next
1: time you'll be here in person.
3: I'll be there physically.
1: All right, y'all, let's wrap it up there so that you can do some amazing vinyasa yoga yoga with Tay and Alan. Thank you all so much for coming. Look out for the dates for the next one. We'll announce those in the next day or two, all right? Thank you all so much.
0: Hey there, it's Kino here. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to my podcast. Your support and your time and your attention really mean a lot to me. If you're enjoying this podcast series, you can find the full-length videos on my online channel, OMSTARS, and that's at www.omstars.com. You can redeem a 14-day free trial and get access to our full library of over 3,000 classes and also practice yoga with me online. I'd also love to see you in class sometime.